Grace Allen. And I'm Ricardo Allen. And we are the Allens. Welcome to our podcast where we share our unfiltered insights, perspective, and knowledge on this roller coaster of a ride that we call life. Ricardo Allen is down at the 42 and a half, 43. Join us as we go all in on all topics ranging from changing diapers to preparing for Super Bowl Sunday. Guns it across the middle. Ricardo Allen, the interception. 35, 30, Allen 25. Welcome to All In with the Allens. Hey guys, I am so excited for today's episode. I am here with the best doula, which just so happens to be my doula, Sherry Wilkerson. Good morning. Sherry, how are you? I'm doing well, all things considered, doing well. Yeah, so I think it's important to note as we are still experiencing this COVID-19 pandemic, Sherry and I are not face-to-face. We're not actually physically together, so we are on the phone with one another. Um, So if the audio is a little bit different in this episode than what you're used to, that is the reason for it. But I felt like that was less important than honoring what we're being asked to do at this point. Would you agree? (laughs) Although I really do. I really do want to hang out with you and see you because this baby's coming soon. I know. I know. And that's that's the nature. That's part of the difficulty of this is um, doulas. Um, above all else, we bring our heart and our hands um, into our work. And so um, I can go to a birth without a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. but um, this this idea of, of virtual support that's kind of the new wave of dual support right now, just because we've had to pivot, uh, it makes, it, it is hard because we have that relational connection. And, um, and that, I think, because birth, labor and birth are such an intimate and vulnerable time for couples or, you know, for birthing people in general, it's, it's a trust relationship. And so the way you build that trust is meeting face to face and spending time together and, um, you know, talking about, uh, fears and expectations and things like that. So this is definitely, um, kind of a, a window into a little new wave of doula work, if you uh, want to call it that. Yeah. And I think it's, that's a really good thing to address because like you said, you bring your heart in your hands and so much of what you do is based upon that foundation of trust and having that relationship. And I just feel like as much as you guys are adjusting as doulas, birthing people are having to adjust as well. Like even for, for Rico and I, it's like when we interviewed you, we met at Starbucks, right? Yep. And we sat down face to face and we discussed, like you said, our fears kind of gave you the background of my story. I think it's important to, to say for myself personally, I have never worked with a doula before this pregnancy. So I had a lot of questions and we sat down and I left there feeling like, okay, this is the lady for me. And I think it's important to state that I have not seen you since then. Right. And I think it's also even more important to state that I don't know if you will even be able to attend my birth. Yeah, that face to face. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, uh, we hold on to the hope that absolutely um, those restrictions will be lifted. But I think even if um, it, you know where we are in Georgia, I think even if our governor lifts the social restrictions mm-hmm. and um, that you know, so that would mean that I could come to your home and labor with you, right, um, and support you while you labor at home. Um, we don't, you know, the hospitals certainly aren't necessarily bound by the fact that the governor would lift the social restrictions. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so we have to, you know, do our best to work within those parameters and, and respect those guidelines as well. But then at the same time, understand that you as a, as a childbearing person have rights as well. You know, Governor Cuomo recognized that in New York. And, mm-hmm. I did, I did follow know, that. Yeah. <laughs> and said, wait a second, we, we can't tell these birthing people that they have to come in and give birth without any support. support. Now, when I say any support, obviously, um, their nurses and their providers will be there, but, but that's not fair, you know, for, as a health, for a healthcare provider mm-hmm. who works on a labor and delivery unit, that birthing person is not. Um, it is not the only aspect of their job. So they oh have gosh, different places that now. they have to keep spending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so there's not that continuous support 
that um, that a doula gives in tandem with a loved one, whether that be a spouse or a partner or another family member. That's such a good thing to know. I was going to ask you, I, um, I'm not sure if you saw, but I asked yesterday on Instagram that I just let people know I was going to have a conversation with you today and to tell me what are the types of things that you want to know about a doula. And a lot of women asked like, what exactly is a doula? And what does a doula do? What do they not do? So you, you kind of just let us into that perfectly, but can you tell me one, what is a doula? And then aside from being like the full-time support person of the birthing person, what else do you do? Okay. Great question. Because, um, I think that it's important to say from the outset, um, so we're born where we're born, right? We don't, we don't have a say in that. We don't have a say in where our parents gave birth. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I, I was born in America. I'm an American citizen. Um, I love my country. Uh, but I will say this, um, America by and large, um, does not have a lot of firm traditions around birth. Mm-hmm. And uh, birth and postpartum, and I want to make that clear because the postpartum period is, is, is such an important part of, of the childbearing experience. So while there may be pockets of communities that do have traditions around birth, um, if you dig a little deeper, what you find is they're not inherently American. You know, mm-hmm. they come from other countries and other cultures. Okay. So um, what you see, you know, when we go to look at, ways to inform how we do doula work. You know, you see these things in like Central and South American countries and African countries and Asian countries where the women of the community come around and support mm-hmm. a birthing person. Right. You see, you hear of things like in other countries where they have maybe a two week, what they call a lying in period or a 40 day lying in period. And, and for a lot of people in America, we're like, oh, what? We can't shut things down for that long right. well look at what we're doing I was right going to now say, look at it the way we're out. panicking yeah <laughs> turns out we can actually do that and so um but the heart of what a birth doula does um and a postpartum doula what what we do is uh we're trained professionals we're not just reading something on the internet or reading a book we mm-hmm. are we're actually have been trained Mm -hmm. and we provide uh, continuous physical, emotional and informational support. And we do this um, for childbearing women, um, for childbearing people before labor happens. So like what you and I and Rico would have been doing as well as my other team members, because I work in a a team model of doula work where we practice sustainable doula work. Which is something I want you to touch on after you finish. Yeah, absolutely. But if we were not in the midst of, you know, social isolation, we would have already met with you in your home twice. I know. Um, And and I have to say, I'm so sad because those (laughs) calendar reminders come up on my phone. I know. As well as like all of my prenatal appointments that I should be having. And every time they come up, I'm like, I kind of feel robbed. And 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 I feel a little bit selfish saying this because this is my third pregnancy. And so... I try to be very empathetic towards women that are experiencing all of this during their first pregnancies. Like there's a part of me that goes back to like, okay, I've, I've had two traditional pregnancies, I suppose. Like, right. I, you know what I mean? I, I got to experience yeah. the things in the order that you're supposed to and the things you think about getting to experience your whole life. But like, I think about these women that are doing this for the first time during this this crazy pandemic and this time in our world. And I, I, I feel for them, but at the same time, like I still feel for me. And I just, this birth for me was something that this pregnancy and like the birth obviously hasn't happened yet, but there's a lot of healing that's taken place for me during all of this, when it comes to having a trial of labor this time around, you know, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully achieving a vaginal birth after cesarean. And it's just like, I was really looking forward to these this getting close to the finish line with weekly yeah. appointments and getting to see you guys in my home twice. And it's like, these are, these are things that are really having to shift and take the back seat. And it's like, we're kind of sent home with a fetal Doppler and we're kind of taught like be your own doctor and nurse and call us if anything goes wrong. And <laughs> thankfully I've done this twice before. So I kind of think yes. I would feel like, okay, this doesn't feel right. But for women that have no idea, I'm thinking about them right now. 
And to your point, though, I would say that even though this is your third time uh, navigating this experience, each experience is so different. It's so and true. So um, each experience leaves an indelible print on on your brain in terms of um, your long term memory and your and your birth memories. And yeah. so, in twenty years from now, you might be hard pressed to remember who your nurse is. Um, during this time, but you will you will definitely remember how this nurse made you feel. No doubt. And so, no um, and so that's why that's why doulas um, and, and just kind of circling back to um, the what a doula does is, mm-hmm. is we support these childbearing women, these childbearing people before, during, and after labor, because we understand that these memories are memories for a lifetime. Yeah. And, and so it informs the way that you speak about, and when I say you, I don't mean grace. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. I mean collectively, but it informs the way that we speak about birth as a culture. I mean, if you think about it, so one of the things that I always ask when someone wants an interview, wants to interview me to be their doula. Um, I, one of the things I always ask is, are you the first in your friend set or your family members to have babies? Or, you know, do you feel like you're bringing, are you the caboose of the train? You know, mm-hmm. are you the last person to, Such you know, you feel like the last? And, and because the reason I ask that question is because if someone tells me, oh, no, I have, you know, I have four other sisters and they all have, you know, three and four children or, you know, my, wow. my husband or my partner's um, siblings have kids or all of our friends have kids, then that tells me, okay, they've heard some stuff. Definitely. And, and then where I want to begin to, you know, help unpack is what kind of stories have you heard? Mm. Because I don't know why it is. We, we see, and I don't know that this is inherently an American concept, but one way that I can feel better about the choices that I make is to question yours, right? And right. why is that? That's not fair. That's a really good <laughs> that point. Doesn't, that, doesn't, um, that doesn't help you move forward in certainty. And so, and it's not just about childbirth. It can be about literally like anything. Potty, potty training. Motherhood. Or, yeah, exactly. It does or, not matter. Um, yeah. yeah, or time out versus taking away privileges mm. or, you know, whatever. And so it's like, Ooh, um, I know what choices I made and maybe they weren't the best choices. So because of that, I'm going to make you feel insecure about the things that you're choosing. And so we really see this come up during birth. So what I try to tell people who hire me and really people who even just want to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about labor and birth is that it is okay to be intentional about surrounding yourself with positivity. Now that doesn't mean you put on blinders. It doesn't mean that you are unaware that things can happen. Of course. Um, But it does mean that it's perfectly fine to tell people, you know what? I really do want to hear your birth story and how that trauma affected you. But I really want to talk about it after I have. Now is not the time. Yep. Exactly. I think that is, first of all, I love that you brought that up because I feel that pregnancy and childbirth and motherhood are such a direct access line to opinions. Like something happens where you experience any of those three things amongst other stuff as well, where you're, you just kind of are like a receptacle to everybody else's experiences and opinions and thoughts before you. And it's, it's such a vulnerable time as a woman. It's like, for me, I grow so much with every pregnancy that I have. Like I just see myself from the beginning to the end, the way that it changes me. And it is, a, it is a time of immense strength and growth for me. But I also would say, I don't know how this works, but that is the most vulnerable time for me as well. And yes. I think it's very important, like you said, that we know as women and as birthing people that we have that right to say like, look, I'm sure you've heard X, Y, and Z horror stories, or I'm sure you've heard X, Y, and Z success stories, but like, Right now, I really need to protect myself in my space, in my mental health. And I want to hear all about it, but like now is not the time. And I think sometimes as women, we might have a hard time doing that because we feel like, oh, we need to listen to the other women before us or our moms or our sisters or our aunts or whoever it is. I just think that you're open to these stories and sometimes it's not the right time. And it's okay to speak up about that. 
it is. It is. It's 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 a it's a it's a, a method of self protection um, to say, I I believe in the validity of your experience, and I do want to hear it. But right now, I don't want to focus on on negative outcomes, even though I know that those happen. Right? Oh my gosh, it's life. Um, it's so definitely. yeah. It is. It is life. It is life. Um, so I think most doulas. Um, so I'm going to say something, and this is not. This is not. This is just a fact. This is not in a you know meant to offend. Yeah. Um, we so I in my soul in my core, <laughs> I view I don't view pregnancy as a pathology. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I it, it's not it's not a deviation. It is a it is a biological process that is is the natural part of life, and yeah. so and. And that is for most childbearing women. Now, are there women who, are there people who enter into pregnancy who have outlying medical conditions? Right. Absolutely, 100%. And, and, and for that, we say, yes, there are going to be other, other professionals who come alongside you during your, during your experience right. to, um, to inform and to guide, okay, how, you know, how is this particular condition affecting your pregnancy. Um, for example, diabetes, not gestational diabetes, right. although that is a thing, but if you, if you are a person who, um, has type one or type two diabetes entering into pregnancy and you, you know, this, this is something you've managed before your whole um, life well, or a portion yeah, of your life, right? Some, yeah. It's something that you're going to have to continue it's to manage. Not go and away. You have to, yeah. No, it's not. And you have to think, okay, how, how is this going to affect my pregnancy and how is my pregnancy going to affect this condition? And so, so you just have to think about in general, pregnancy, labor and birth are normal, safe and healthy part of life. Yes. And, and that is, that's the, that's the, you know, my guiding philosophy. Um, And then the asterisk to that is except when it isn't. And so then for those cases, then, you know, then we move along and, and we, we accept the expertise of people who have already been in your journey helping you with those things. And thank God for those people. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, a, mm-hmm. it's not a one size fits all. Um, no, it isn't. And I think that that's another really, really great thing to address is that everyone's journey, I love that you call it a journey, looks differently and the people that yes. have been a part of your journey prior to becoming pregnant, like they don't just fall to the wayside because now all of a sudden you're pregnant and you have a doula. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, okay, I, I can yes. just step in here and take over for everybody else that's ever come before these 40 weeks of your life. No, no. And that's, that's a really good point because, um, most good training organizations and, and I would just like to parentheses and say that my training organization is, uh, my certifying body is Donut International and so it's the it's the first and longest standing doula certification organization mm-hmm. um, and it is an international organization and so we have um, we have standards of practice and we have a code of ethics mm-hmm. and so what we do is provide emotional support mm-hmm. physical support and we help you gather information about your situation. We do not, we are not clinically trained. I think that's really important to say because it's funny because, you know, I don't think that television, I don't think Hollywood should inform um, (laughs) any choices about childbirth, but I, and I I continue to be so frustrated about how Hollywood portrays pregnancy, labor, and birth. Yeah. But the most often thing I hear is, Oh, a doula is just like a midwife, right? And it's like, wait, nope, 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 nope. So a doula is not clinically trained. So a doula, and and I'm going to just go on record here. And if people want to come at me, then. Hey, we're here for for it. You you share the facts. You share, you share your opinions. That's what this is about. So So let's go. A doula, I I will never, ever, ever as a doula, working as a doula, I will never check fetal heart pins. I will never take your blood pressure. I will never do a vaginal exam. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those things are out of scope for a doula. Okay. A midwife 
is clinically trained to do those things to do those things and depending on if it's um, a certified nurse midwife Mm -hmm. they are trained for in-hospital births or Mm -hmm. birth centers Mm -hmm. okay Uh, a certified professional midwife um, they are they are the only providers who are specifically trained for out-of-hospital birth Hmm. so I think it's important I did not know there was a difference yes to recognize the distinction and in our country in the United States there are um I want to say as of today, because it, it, it changes and hopefully would like yeah. to see the number rise, but there are 34 states that recognize the certified professional midwife wow. credential hmm. and they offer licensure. Um, so that means that, you know, for low risk birthing people, home birth is, you know, can be an option. And so a CPM is specifically trained in out of hospital birth. And okay. in some states, CPMs can work in birth centers as well. Georgia's not there, um, mm-hmm. but that's not what that's not what this podcast is about. That's okay. But, yeah. So I will, yeah. So I will say the difference between doulas and midwives are that doulas are not clinically trained, and doulas provide that continuous support. So midwives are amazing. I'm I'm actually in midwifery school. That's my goal to become a midwife. But oh my gosh, you'd be I'm, so good at that. I will say, and and I won't be a hospital midwife. I will be a CPM, but hospital midwives typically don't just have one patient, right? Mm -hmm. So um, while their model of care, while the midwifery model of care is more coming alongside the woman, the word midwife literally means with woman, Mm -hmm. um, they don't have the freedom to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up. In, in your room and I'm going to stay here until you have this baby. I'm with you until um, the end of this thing. Yeah. Right. And so it's not that they don't want to be. It's just that oh, of course. The, their, their duties don't allow that. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say um, it's really important that you that people who move forward and understand, okay, I think I want to hire a doula. A doula mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing anything clinical. Okay. Um, right. It doesn't mean that, you know, along with our years of experience that we haven't learn some things along the way, but it's just not within our scope to do that. So I think understanding that a doula supports that childbearing entity, regardless of what that looks like, does it look like, does it look like a, um, a laboring woman and a husband? Maybe, uh, maybe it can look like not a spouse at mm-hmm. all. Maybe it can just look like a, a partner, a life mm-hmm. partner. Maybe it looks like oh, my partner's deployed, so right. um, my mother or my sister or my mother-in-law or, or someone, yep. you know, oh my, gosh, um, totally. my support person looks different. And so, you know, we try to be real careful in understanding that it's not a cookie-cutter experience. Mm-hmm. And so... Dynamics are um, always different. Absolutely. And so I have had, thankfully, in Atlanta, doulas enjoy a very diverse birth scene. And I, I think that's helped me grow as a doula. It's helped me grow as a person. It's definitely expanded my capacity for empathy in terms mm. of the choices that people have to make and what they go through. Oh, uh, I love so, that. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta will so, do that to you. I think people have this idea of like Atlanta being in the South, which obviously it is, but Atlanta will grow you as a person because I think what you think it is and what it really is I feel like you kind of just touched on there's it's, there's a lot going on here yes there's there's a lot of diversity if people see my picture you know you, you make assumptions people make assumptions when they see pictures so, totally. so I'm a, a white <laughs> a white um all middle-aged I don't know do we say that <laughs> you, I don't know you can say whatever you can correct. be 15 if you um, want to so <laughs> whatever not, you want so, so I'm a woman who I identify as a woman I prefer she her pronouns I have been married to a man for almost 27 years and congratulations uh, thank you I have had I have birthed five children um one of those our second son was a 40-week silver so so we never enjoyed time with him earthside, mm-hmm. um, except for a very brief time in the hospital. So I have four living children, and they go boy, boy, girl, boy. So I have a 24-year-old, a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, and an almost 18-year-old. So we only have two living at home right now, my, my daughter and my son. Yeah. So I, you know, I grew up, I'm Atlanta born and raised, mm-hmm. Metro Atlanta born and raised because of just life journeys. I have 
I've lived in a lot of different places um, around the country, and I've had one Georgia baby, three California babies, and one um, Grand Rapids, Michigan baby. And so I've given birth in different places around the country, but, you know, the way I was raised was the way I was raised. And so I will say that uh, doula work, opening myself up to new experiences, seeing the world from someone else's viewpoint, those are things that I would never, ever trade. It has, it has shaped me. It has, it has caused me to be, to have a greater capacity for empathy, even though I, you know, I can't really step into someone's life and experience it. I can, you know, take some time and step back and really try to see things from someone else's viewpoint. And so I feel like I'm very thankful mm-hmm. for my doula training, for my doula organization, for Donna International, for affording me those opportunities um, to grow. Totally. And, um, yeah, supporting families is just, it's, it's really the heartbeat of, of what I do. So I was going to ask you, like, what is your favorite part of being a doula? But I feel like you just answered that. Yes. I, I love watching that moment when a person becomes a parent. Oh, yeah. whether it's the first get, like, time or whether, yeah, whether it's the first time, but you know, you already know this, even when your second child was born, you, it, it's a new experience. Oh my yes. Gosh. You've done it before. Yes. You, you have become a parent, but it's, it's different because you're like, Oh, was that my heart just like multiplying? Cause yeah. I feel like it is, Yeah, you know, and it, it is so to be on the side to watch that. I'm always affected, always affected, you know, and it's, a, it's been a long labor that, you know, the way I'm affected may come out through tears. Of <laughs> you course. Know? And you never know. Because I've seen, yeah. Because maybe I've seen this person struggle and really just overcome some obstacles mm-hmm. and, you know, and we're like, Oh my goodness, your baby is here. Your baby is earthside. Yeah. And, and look at what you've done. You so have amazing. grown, you have grown a human. <laughs> Literally, and you know um, whether whether this whether this little tiny human has um, a vaginal birth or a surgical birth or what some people call a belly birth. You know, yeah, I we, love that people are starting to refer to C-section as belly birth. Yes, yeah, so I've started to however, see that a lot more lately, and there's something <laughs> that that does for me being a C-section mother, which I've touched on on Instagram. And it's some, you know, I'm doing my best to have a VBAC this third time around for multiple reasons. But like, even if this time around ends in a surgical birth or a belly birth, like there is something that has been very empowering for me to know that I did everything that I could. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and despite, you know, I think some, some, some people, may not have a choice about how this baby is born, right? right. Um, for various reasons. Absolutely. For various reasons. Again, this is not a one um, size fits all. <laughs> no. Um, but I think just reminding someone that you grew a human in your body. Yep. And if you're nursing, if you're breastfeeding, you're also providing the sustenance for this little tiny human. Yeah. And so that is not something to just be like, oh, in, you know, in three days, I'm going to get home and put on my clothes and, you know, go to Target and Publix and the dry cleaners and blah, blah, blah. No, let's sit in the wonder of this. Let's, let's re- reclaim the wonder of what just um, happened. <laughs> the ability that we have as, you know, as mammals, you know, let's mm-hmm. keep it in the biological perspective mm-hmm. as mammals. We have live birth. We grow. We nurture our young, and right. and then we nurse our young, and we you know we don't lay eggs and then wander off and hope everything <laughs> works out for you. Yeah, right, come back and then they're just grown <laughs> up and know how to do everything um, for themselves. Exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, I think just just being on this quest to reclaim the wonder of we grow humans. Right. We're you know we biologically we're we can do that. And this is I, a big I deal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. And, and Oh, also watching partners become parents because sometimes I think people forget about the partner's role. Okay. So this was another um, thing I wanted to ask. Are you only there to support the birthing person? 
No, absolutely not. Um, although that does become the focus right. in terms of like, this is the person doing the work, the, totally. the literal labor, yes, right? Yes. But here's one thing that I do tell my clients. When everything is said and done, when you are holding your precious little baby, and whether that looks like you're in the bed nursing that baby, or, you know, maybe your baby needs a little bit extra medical attention Mm -hmm. so we're kind of waiting for that baby to rejoin you Mm -hmm. um you know it can look differently but guess what about one to two hours after you have this baby and everyone is settled your doula is going to go home and likely climb into bed right okay but guess who's not going to be able to do that well i mean maybe practically the partner will if the baby decides oh hey i'm gonna check out for my newborn nap Mm mm-hmm but most partners, that's when they are on duty yeah. to be on their A game. Right. But what if what if what if you've gone through a thirty hour labor mm-hmm. and your partner has been awake that whole time and your partner's not gonna have those reserves necessarily. So as a doula, here's what I encourage. If the person who's in labor is okay with it, I will always ask do you mind if I tell, you know, your husband, your partner, mm-hmm. your sister, your grandmother, whatever, do you mind if I tell your support person to go over and lie down and try to catch a nap? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and some people just get, they're like, whoa, 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 why should that person be able to sleep mm-hmm. when, you know, when mom is over here working so hard? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's not, everything is not about the birthing moment, you know, right. uh, much of it is, it's kind of like planning a wedding, right? Everything is builds up to the actual ceremony and the wedding day. But then you decide that you're going to live with this person. Yeah, There's a lot that follows presumably for the rest of your life. Right. And so Such we got to put, put work into what happens after too. So I try to carry an awareness of the fact that, um, you know, in my experience, I'm seeing some things that look like this is not going to be a fast labor. Mm -hmm. So I want to do what I can to build up um, the partner and say, okay, maybe it's dad. Let's just assume. Yeah. Let's just assume it's us. Can we just talk about us? Yeah. This would be fun. Okay. I need this. Let's let's role play a little bit. (laughs) Tell me, tell me all the things. Yes. Okay. So you know, you're laboring, you're working hard. Um, we're doing the things we're giving you some support and you're not, your contractions aren't super close together. Mm-hmm. So you're able, you know, you, you look at me and say, Hey, I think that if you can get me in a comfortable position, I can actually lie down and rest. Okay. okay. Awesome. Let me get about 10 pillows to start because I really want you to be comfortable. Um, but first go into your bladder because we don't want to get you comfortable. And then you say, Oh my gosh, I need to pee. Listen, um, rolling out so, of bed even to pee in the middle of the night right now, it is, it takes everything, everything that I have. I like laugh at myself. I'm like, I feel like a turtle yeah. that's like stuck on my shell. So, so let's assume that, so I, appreciate that, that. I have, let's assume that I have helped you get into a position in bed where you feel supported um, in terms of like your back and your belly and you're comfortable and you're actually, you know, maybe we've got a noise machine going or maybe we've got some, um, some relaxation track, mm-hmm. you know, playing or something like yeah. that. And, you know, we close the blinds and you are just like, I swear if these contractions don't get closer together, I think I'm going to be able to fall asleep in between. So I might actually look at Rico and say, Hey, I haven't actually seen you eat since I've been with you. And yeah, he actually I need- does need to be reminded of that. <laughs> so let's just put that on the record for yes, when this day comes. Absolutely. Pack him some so- snacks. <laughs> So I'm going to say either, you know, um, and, and we'll say best case scenario, social restrictions are listed, yes, right? I love either that. Let's put let's, that out there. Let's, let's door dash some food to you. If you feel comfortable, I think it would be really helpful for you to step outside and walk around and get some fresh air. Uh-huh. Um, because if you look at it from a partner's perspective, I think there's a lot of empathy to be had there because they are watching the person arguably that they love the most in the world, mm-hmm. right? I Go hope through so. something transformative. You know, we're not, I'm not putting you in competition with your children. So oh my gosh, <laughs> but I'll no. say just in general, yeah. he loves you more than anything in the world. And so he is watching you go through this 
transformative experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that necessarily in an existential way. I mean it basically in a physical way. Right. So, um, so you're going through this, you're laboring, you're working hard, you're spending calories, you are sweating (laughs) and you are working hard to cope, to manage. Okay. And so is, so is your partner. Of course. So is Rico because there is this very real, very real sense of, yeah, I can, I can put my hands on her. I can massage. I can offer counter pressure. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, give her sips of water and put spoonfuls of ice chips in her mouth, but I can't take this away from her. Mm-hmm. And if Rico is like a lot of dads, he's a fixer and he likes to fix things. And this is something he cannot fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that he can watch and that he can, support that he cannot take it over for you and he cannot fix. So if we look at a partner's role through that lens, I think that it opens up a level of compassion. Um, It opens up deeper levels of empathy to say, you know what? Do you feel like you could walk outside for a few minutes and just get, just just breathe some fresh air, feel the sunshine on your skin, or depending on the time, you know, feel the moonlight on your skin. Yeah, whatever Um, it is. Take some deep breaths get outside of the four walls of this room and then come back and almost 100% of the time there's a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, okay, I'm let's do this for the next however long until I need to go do it again. Right. But so just on a very practical level, I want, I want partners to eat. I want partners to drink. If the person in labor, so if you, for instance, if, if the labor that you experience looks like, you cannot handle food smells, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be like, Hey Rico, that five guys that you just got, you're going to, you're going <laughs> to eat here. that outside. <laughs> not here, brother. You got to step um, outside. <laughs> and also you're going to need to brush your teeth before you come back in or pop some peppermint gum or Please. something. Um, because you know what? I drink coffee. If my client is okay with me having it in the room and the smell is not offensive, I drink coffee. Hmm. But when I get in her face, when I get in my client's face, uh, they're going to smell peppermint <laughs> unless you. they don't like peppermint yeah, because right. I've got Altoids, I've got gum. I just, you know, I don't want to be another, you know, malodorous thing that, that causes her not to be able to focus on labor. But mm-hmm. yeah, so we, we intentionally do was intentionally focus on partners as well. I love that. Um, especially too, if it's like, um, if it's not a spouse um, or, or a life partner, if it's an, like an elderly family member, like maybe, um, an older mother or an older grandmother or something like that, Mm -hmm. you can, you better believe that I'm watching out for them because I want them, I don't want their reserves to be tapped. You know, I want them to be fresh. I don't want, you know, I don't, have I had dads pass out in the, you know, when it's time Mm -hmm. for pushing? Yep. Yep. It's happened. And then we just kind of are like, yeah, he looks good. We're going to move on. <laughs> he's, he's okay. We're, and I can't you know, lie. It's yeah. like, you know, of course you're supporting the birth support person. But for me, being someone that is like such a caretaker, that takes a level of responsibility off of my shoulders because I can't lie yeah. to you. Even my past two C-sections, I'm laying there, arms strapped down, abdominals being completely sliced open, organs being removed. And you know who I'm thinking about? I'm thinking yeah. about Rico and he's sitting next yep. to me and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, although you can't see anything right now, like I know you don't do super well with these things and that's where my mind is. So yeah. I know that if yeah. I'm pushing a baby out of my vagina, like I'm still going to be thinking like, is he okay up there? You know? And so yep. to know that there's someone else that's there for me to take that load off of my mental at that yeah. point in time to really allow me to do the labor and do the work that I need to do that is yep. so comforting for me. And I feel like there's probably a lot of women out there that maybe not, maybe I'm a weirdo. I don't know, but that's, no, you're that's, not just, alone. that's how I feel. And that's just who I am. And I'm so concerned with making sure the people around me are comfortable and okay. That sometimes I forget like, Whoa, you know, am, am I comfortable and okay? So I think it's, I think it's important that, that all these things are addressed. And I just think it's really cool that you bring this element to birth for women or birthing people. I think it's well, a really it's, important thing. It's, it's amazing because then when you, when you cross over and then look at like 
some people maybe didn't hire me to be their birth doula, but then would hire me to be a postpartum doula. And so are you in my brain? Like you are in my mind because that was the next thing I was going to ask you is, do you just like disappear and you're off to the wayside? Like you're such an important part of pregnancy and birth and then you're just gone. Like, do you provide any services following? Like you are in my head. It's awesome. Yes. So go ahead. So, So for a typical birth doula contract for me, Um, I do have it in my contract that I want to come to your home sometime within the first month postpartum. Now, ideally, I would love for it to be in the first two weeks. But, you know, as as I've told you, Enrico, before, your association with me should never bring stress. Mm -hmm. So if it feels stressful for you to think about having another person in your home within two weeks, we're not doing it. Because that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about coming, and you know, a lot of times this is what I find. Yeah, there's some there's some hiccups along the way. Maybe baby has a few little preferences that seem quirky or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, things are going amazingly well. And my job is to just confirm for you guys that you're doing so well. And you are doing everything right. Um, yes, you're not always going to have a seven-day-old baby. This baby is going to mature. This baby is going to grow out of this particular fussy phase right, or right. this particular preference. Um, and, you know, you're not a week from now, you're not going to be where you are now. Mm-hmm. And so just providing that. That reminder um, that everything is a season. Yeah. Absolutely. But also having resources like, you know what? I, from what I'm seeing, I think that you guys could benefit from a a home visit from a lactation consultant. Mm -hmm. And so here is, here's a number for this. Or, um, hey, I know that you told me that you were doing some massage for your baby, but it doesn't seem like your baby is, is calming down. And mm-hmm. so I think that it would be helpful for you to have this particular resource to go check out. Yep. Um, or what if, and I, and I think this is important, so I'm not going to shy away from it because I feel like our society does that already. But what if Rico comes to me and says, Hey, between the two of us, Grace is not herself. Mm, and he said, and so I'm not talking important. about tired. Yes. You know, if he says, I'm not talking about tired, I'm not talking about frustrated, I'm talking about this is not my person mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm worried for her. She doesn't want to brush her teeth. She doesn't want to shower. Even if I say I've got the baby, you know, she doesn't want to eat. She doesn't want to care for the baby. She mm-hmm. just, she, you know, okay, so that is a red flag and I'm going to tell you something don't rely on your doula to come over and say, oh, it's okay, this will pass. Because you know what? Maybe it won't. Right. And maybe we need some professional help because postpartum mood disorders, um, perinatal postpartum mood mood disorders are very real. Yeah, so real. And and so, you know, I can look back at a time, you know, for instance, when my son died, I, I didn't know how to reach out. And I'm not saying that to say, okay, you know, I really pulled myself up by my bootstraps. No, I did not. It was a full 10 years. And, you know, my husband listens to this. He may say, actually, it was a little longer. Um, He might say that. But it was a full 10 years from the time that my son passed away until my husband and I unpacked it as a couple. I'm not kidding. I believe we already. We had a 19-month-old at home, and you know what? We were we were like, oh, well, he can't do for himself. He can't, you know, he can't mm-hmm. feed himself. He can't put yeah. himself to bed. So we just have to, we you know, we got to move on. Mm. And you know, we lived in Southern California, which was not a cheap. You know, my husband was in grad school. That's yeah, not a no. cheap place to live. So and so he was, you know, he, he was in grad school, but he also worked an hourly job. So he was like, well, I got to go to work, you know? And so lights on. um, Yeah. So now I feel like, you know, if you fast forward to 2020, is there a better awareness? Yes, Mm. but there's not a perfect awareness. And so that's, um, that is what is helpful about having your doula come back into your home. 
um, for a postpartum visit and, um, you know, not only so they can confirm that you're doing everything right, but maybe to say, hey, I think it'd be helpful or, you know, actually phrasing it as a question because I always want to instill the power back into the into the person right so mm-hmm. instead of me saying what I think um and I'm, I'm learning so this is not a perfect practice for me as you can tell I'm still learning no I think you're um, great. To, to do better but to we say, all are yeah do you do you do you think that you could have you know to benefit from some extra help mm-hmm. and um and sometimes what that looks like is is spouse or partner saying I'm going to reach out. I'm going to make that phone call to my healthcare provider, to the healthcare provider, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and so, so there is that whole dimension as well, but I will say there, there are, there's an entire sector of people who don't have me at their birth and specifically hire me to come in and do postpartum dual work. And, um, and so I'm doing the exact same thing in terms of physical, emotional and informational support for my clients, um, but that looks like more hands-on practical things. Mm-hmm. Maybe it looks like you saying, um, I don't think you would say this because this is your third baby, but you know, if this were your first baby, you might say something like, I'm terrified to give my child a bath. Could you please be with me that first time yeah. and walk me through it? Okay. I get that all the time. Yeah. I can't tell you how many newborn babies I've helped save helped because be, yeah. mom and dad are like, uh, this feels like a slippery little piglet. Yeah, you know? and then there's like the umbilical cord <laughs> yes, <it> situation. <laughs> and, yeah. So, so yeah, so we do practical things like that. Also things like, hey, mom, I know that you remember when you were pregnant and you read the literature on breastfeeding that you needed to have a minimum calorie increase of 500 calories per day. Um, I don't think you're getting that. Let mm. me, could I, you know, would it be okay with you if I cut up these, fruits and veggies that are in your refrigerator so that you can just grab them yeah, and that you don't have, have to do the work. So, so I do a lot of food prep. I do meal prep. I do, um, if parents are choosing not to breastfeed for whatever reason, or even if it's an adoptive situation mm-hmm. and they're, um, you know, they're bottle feeding. So we talk about, Hey, guess what? There's, there's a right way to use formula. And most people aren't aware <laughs> that that is the case. And mm-hmm. so we want to make sure that you're actually using the manufacturer's guidelines to prepare this formula. Um, you know, um, some people use donor breast milk or, or whatever, it, yeah. you know, if you're giving your baby a bottle or if your partner wants to feed the baby a bottle, you know, we, we don't just shove the bottle in the microwave and heat up the breast milk. There's a right way to do it. And so there's practical things like that. Sometimes moms just need to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so that might look like me taking baby at, to mom so that mom can nurse. And while baby's nursing, then I'm in the kitchen, I'm making a healthy snack. And then I go get the baby. I give mom the snack. We trade off. I make sure the baby is um, diapered, clean, you know, clean diaper, mm-hmm. clean clothes. I might swaddle the baby and yeah. rock the baby to sleep so mom can sleep or maybe mom wants to take a shower or, you know, so it's really just, it's not, again, it's not taking the place of a partner or, you know, like other people who are there to help like grandparents. Yeah, of course. Um, but it, it's providing an opportunity for the family to, to rest, to eat well, to be supported in their choices also, it's really important to note that whether I'm working as a birth doula or a postpartum doula, I am not bringing my personal philosophies to bear on your situation. Mm. So I may have really distinct feelings about what I do for myself and what I do for my children, but I will say this with 100% confidence, as long as parents are making choices that don't harm the baby. I'm going to do what the parent wants mm. me to do. Okay. So, Which might look a little different than grandma or grandpa or sister. Does. You know? It absolutely does. Yeah. So I've had I've had to with, with a lot of with a lot of kindness and, you know, rehearsing what my tone of voice sounds oh like. Oh my goodness. I yeah. have had I have had to tell family members that I take my direction from the parent. Mm. 
And that's an area where, to be honest, a lot of times that's where I have to talk to spouse or, you know, partner right. and say, this is an opportunity for you to speak up and mm-hmm. to step up mm-hmm. because this person who's just had a baby and whose hormones are, you know, Crazy, not what they were pre-pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, that that would be a load on, on that person to yeah. have to deal with this. I think it would be helpful maybe for you if you could speak to your mother or to her mother mm. or to yeah. sister That's or one sister thing. My husband or is, he is so great about those types of things. Like That is awesome. I'm, because I'm so appreciative for that. It brings tension. You know, yeah, it brings no. tension. Or, He's really you know, good about I that had, for me. I had one particular um, couple who's, um, you know, they they were both late in life children for their parents. So their parents were older, 40 plus years older. Wow. And yeah. so grand, grandmother had come to visit and she said, um, you haven't given that baby any water the entire time that I've been here. <laughs> and you, you've been here for six hours. And I, I didn't understand. So I wanted to make sure I was understanding what she was saying. And I said, I said, what, what do you mean? And she said, she said, you need to give that baby um four ounces of water so so he won't get dehydrated and you know so in my mind in my head I was like what (laughs) but you know that's what that's what she knew right right? that was what what was done that when it was her turn it also it you know it also gave me an opportunity to say you know what your daughter's breast milk is perfectly suited for this baby mm. and let's talk about what dehydration looks like in a newborn yeah, and gave so, you an opportunity to so educate I was too. able you know just like I pulled up some pictures on my phone so and cool. I was like you know these are this, this is these are some you know benchmarks of what it might look like if a baby were truly dehydrated and I said you know um we have you know since I've been here this baby has had a blowout in three really wet diapers yeah, and, and so, <laughs> so just being able to provide um, some concrete things you know but then also tell the parents hey this is this is something that you might want to address with, with grandma because mm-hmm. she feels like this is important so mm-hmm. you know so it's, it's just it's an opportunity to educate not in a um I know more than you yeah, do. Yeah, not like an uh, aggressive over the all. top, no. But again, just being compassionate and understanding totally. that this grandmother really, really loves her grandchild yeah, and doesn't want them to be dehydrated. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that, you know, so the birth aspect of, of doula work and the postpartum, and it's two separate trainings, mm-hmm. by the way. So it's not like, I'm like, oh, hey, I was here with you at your birth. Just uh, ring me up and I'll hop on over to your house. No, I, you know, I've actually been trained as a postpartum doula as well. Really good point. Okay. And again, these are things that we see in other cultures where, you know, if you ask, okay, so if you go down to New Mexico, for Uh instance, and you see the indigenous community there and what their birth experience looks like, you know, I hope to God I would never say, so where did you get your training? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, because that's what they do, right? right. Um, but in America, like I said, because we don't really have any real um, deep traditions around birth, um, we look to other cultures to inform what we do because we really want these childbearing people to have the very best experience. Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like, you guys are, you really just come on the scene and you help to make things go smoothly. That's what our, that's what we love to hear. I mean, that's that, what like we when want, I listen to goal. everything that, that you have said from the start to finish and just working with you and the little, and the little bit that we have given the circumstances, like, I feel like you are not a one size fits all. Like you come in, you look at the dynamic of a family or an individual, whatever it may be. And you just kind of think like, how can I better help to make this go more smoothly without being over the top? But I feel like it's perfect. And honestly, I just kind of kick myself and I'm like, why did I not have a doula the first two times? <laughs> you know, granted, I, I didn't experience any postpartum stuff. I was very fortunate, you know, with, with all of that. And although my birth did not go as planned, like I'm, I'm here today to say I have a very healthy four-year-old son 
and a very mm-hmm. healthy two and a half year old daughter. And although they didn't come into the world necessarily the way that I had planned or even hoped for, I will, I will say that like they are here now yeah. and there's not a single day of my life or a moment of my life that goes by that I'm not thankful for that. So absolutely, thank you absolutely. for your time and just for sharing your knowledge oh. and just, I feel like you're going to clarify so many questions that, that people have that, you know, there's not really direct ways to get this stuff answered all of the time, well, you know, unless you sit down with a doula or you, you jump on the absolutely. internet. So it's really nice just to hear from your mouth and from your experience, what this looks like. So tell me how people can find you moving forward. Say uh, there's a birthing mother in Atlanta, a pregnant woman that wants to hire you. How does she find you? Say there's a mom that lives in New Mexico or Europe that just has a burning question. Pimp yourself out for yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. Tell yeah, me okay. all, and I'll so- link all these in the episode too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. So, um, so if someone wants to reach out to me by email, um, they can reach me. And so, when I say Sherry, I'm meaning S H E R R I. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a thousand different ways to spell yes. that, but um, so for email, it's Sherry at NorthwestATLDoulas.com. Okay. And um, and so then my website is also the same thing, Northwest ATL Doulas. Dot com okay. um, because I do work in a team model and there are two other phenomenal doulas on my team. On Instagram, it is I believe so. I'm not under my my name, but my my business, A Better Birth, is is my Instagram Perfect. name. So um, yeah, and so I am on Facebook as well. Um, and you know, it's real easy to go to someone's personal page and find, um, their, business <clears throat> find their business page as well. But yeah, I'm so open to answering questions, especially right now, because I don't have anything but time. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and isn't that the truth? <laughs> yes. While, you know, we're still trying to support our clients and be there in as many ways as we can outside of, you know, it looks like providing a lot of resources at this time. So wow. um, I would love to answer any questions. Um, also, I would like to say, you know, say there is someone in, Florida or Seattle or, um, you know, Montreal. And they're like, I want to ask you this question, but I also really want to find a doula in my community. Mm. Um, I can, I can do that. I can, I can direct you to where it would be very easy for you to find a doula in your community. And, um, and so, um, yeah, I'm totally happy to do that for anyone who has questions, um, or just needs additional information. You really are. You're the best. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm just excited to get this out there and share this knowledge. And I'm really looking forward to the next month, just kind of seeing how our story unfolds. And I think it would be really cool if you'd be open to it, to come back once my birth has come and gone and we can kind of like recap all of that together. Maybe talk about what we're doing postpartum. I'm a big person. It might be controversial or weird to some people, but I encapsulate my placenta and it is something that I stand by 150%. So we can talk about that that next time too. (laughs) I know that's when I was like, okay, this is the cherry on top that you do this as well. So yes, I look forward. Some people are a little, you know, um, steamed out about that and that's fine um, because you know if you if you don't if you don't know and you don't embrace then that's fine it's not for you and listen it's not, you know I'm, and, a, and I'm not gonna lie I'm a little freaked parameters. out by it and I do it okay so yes. I get that like I'm a little bit like this is kind of strange but I understand the concept and that is what makes it like is it a little do I feel a little in, weird about this yeah, but is this 110% worth it? And does it work for me? Yes. So it's worth yes. it, you know, and that's just where Absolutely. I'm at with it. So yes, we will definitely put that topic on the table. I'm excited. Sure. Okay. So I'm looking okay. forward to part well, two with you. Thank you so much for your time and I'm excited. Okay. Have an amazing day. Thanks, Grace. Sherry. So you glad too. Stay safe. You. Stay okay. healthy. Bye-bye. Bye. You guys know that I love to share the things that I love most with you. So today I'm really excited to talk to you about a brand that I've literally been living in during this pregnancy. The brand is called Bumpsuit. Bumpsuit is the most comfortable, like when I say comfortable, it feels like butter on your skin and stylish addition to your wardrobe. Not only for pregnancy, but for postpartum or just because. All Bumpsuits are double lined to help smooth and support and they come in a full lineup of styles so that you can take that whole, what am I going to wear today thought off your plate. I'm really excited to tell you that you can use code 
GRACE20 for 20% off your entire purchase. If you're curious about Bumpsuit, check them out on Instagram at Bumpsuit or at www.bumpsuit.co. I'll link both below the episode. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. When you have a chance, rate and review and hit subscribe to stay all in with new episodes. And if you enjoy All In with the Allens, be sure to share with a friend. In the meantime, follow along with our daily journeys on Instagram at grace.e.allen and ricardoallen37. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you soon. You. Yeah. <laughs>